This is In the Know for Thursday, January 20, the 20th day of 2022. There are 345 days left in the year. Good morning, MB, guiding you through In the Know at K105 on Litchfield's Country Station, 1039 The Moose. Live online at K105.com via the Apple and Android smartphone app using the SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify podcast on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and the hashtag is in the know. Coming up today, we'll update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the commonwealth, and the country. Slick roads this morning, tell you about that, when conditions might improve. Also, a voting rights bill uh, voted down yesterday in the Senate. And a big night in sports down at College Station and uh, downtown Louisville. That and a whole lot more coming up today here on In the No. Settling into my left, rolling Mach 9 with her hair on fire, is my beautiful wife, the beautiful girl. It's Beach. Good morning, sweetheart. Good morning. How you doing? I'm okay. I'm tired. You're and tired. I'm having some technical difficulty over here. Oh yeah. So yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's your own nest, right? Yeah. So you messed it up. Well, I, I'm not sure. Okay. So. All right. Well, you, you'll get it figured yeah, out. I will. Uh, it, living in a house full of women, <laughs> as I do, I usually get a front row seat for the latest uh, health and beauty tips and the things you all try to try and you know yeah. feel better, look better, do better, etc. Uh, you from time to time you'll do one of these face mask things. Yes. And you'll walk through and you'll have a T-shirt on your head, which is funny. And <laughs> then you'll have like a mask on your face. So, you know, just trying to make your skin do whatever yeah. you want your skin to do. L- let me ask you, would you use a face mask from the Oscar Mayer company? I mean, I would consider. Okay. If you're old enough to remember the baloney song, My Baloney Has a First Name, then you're old enough to probably have a bathroom medicine cabinet full of health and beauty aids and things. Oscar Meyer has made a hydrating sheet mask, but it just looks like a slice of bologna. It, uh, it's a hydrating mask, but it looks like bologna on your face. I would do it. You would do this? Yeah. Just, but what do you think our daughters would say if they saw well, you? Well, they would this? laugh. They, would they think it was real bologna? I don't know. Yeah, Maybe think, the little one. I think they probably I think they probably would. It looks funny, you know. My baloney has a first name. He is the five-time winner of the coveted Ohio News Hawk Award. He's a two-time Silver Sound nominee covering every corner of the globe. London, Moscow, Paris, and even Covington. He's Sam Gormley and the Sparks. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm disappointed. You're disappointed I'm, in I'm, what? I'm super disappointed. Not in you. So, okay, well, that's, you, you that's can, at least you can so suddenly good. feel better. I'm disappointed that I wasn't here yesterday, one, to celebrate Dolly Parton's birthday, uh-huh. and I was not here to celebrate Colonel Debbie Childress's birthday, uh-huh. oh, and yeah. I missed out on both those yesterday because of a KBA board I mean, meeting. Get, I mean, is there a better one-two punch of birthdays? There's not, and uh, I mean, uh, identical twins as and, far as I'm concerned. And then you also think, I mean, what about a birthday week? Throw Betty White in there, too. That's right. I mean, both sing like birds, mm-hmm. Dolly and, and Colonel Debbie. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of felt yesterday. And both do amazing things to the community. That's absolutely right. One's got Imagination Library, one feeds us. I mean, it's uh, so um, I just kind of hated that I missed it yesterday. But I had a KBA board meeting. I wasn't far away. I was just, you know, down the hall and to the, to the left. So our meeting was virtual yesterday. But nonetheless, uh, thanks for holding down the fort for me. Another cold windy well i don't know if we could call it windy but what small wind we do have in addition to our low temperature this morning is making the wind chill feel a little cooler uh we'll see dipping to around 10 above at times uh some at points this morning and then again tomorrow morning you can expect similar uh temperature wise at least the feels like temperature we're going to see temperature be stuck in the 20s primarily today and again tomorrow we're not going to see the 40s again until uh, Monday, maybe even maybe Sunday afternoon, we could get uh, back closer to 40. But we're going to get into a pattern here where it's going to be winter for about three weeks. Uh, when you look at uh, when you when you look at the localized forecast, so you really zero in around the four two seven five four. You'll see that it's going to be dry and it's going to be cold at least through the first day of the month. 
that obviously can change. But looking at the long-range model, that's kind of how it's shaping up. More broadly, there are portions of the of you know our partners, the the Wavestorm tracking team. They're tracking a little precipitation here and there at various places uh, over the next couple of days. Slight chances, but not much here in our neck of the woods to expect. Mainly cloudy today, a high of 30. We'll see an overnight low of 18 tonight, but factor in the wind chill, and it could, could get – it won't get extremely cold tonight because we get a little bit of a cloud cover. It's when those clear skies is when those uh, temperatures really drop. Mostly sunny and a high of 29. I was also reminded – so I was watching – um, I, I was watching, well, I was watching Kevin Harnett the other night. Um, and he, on Tuesday evening, the, the, uh, record low for January 18th was minus 16, which stood out to my, it got my attention, but the year that it was set was 1994. And I was like, I remember that night. So it was January 18th, 1994. When my dad and I had to go U.S. 62 to U.S. 231 to U.S. 60 to U.S. 41 to in that big blizzard we had, and then it got really cold, and he delivered me to Evansville. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Taylor and her mother were snowed in in Caneyville. And so I, was, I by looking at the low temperature being minus 16 and knowing it was set in 1994, I was immediately taken back. Like, I know what happened that night. So that was this week, 28 years ago. Hmm. So, there you go. It was a cold morning. Um, People don't know how to measure snow. So, if you don't really know how to measure snow, stop estimating. Because it's all over the board. Um, So, leave it to the professionals. And even sometimes I think that some weather professionals around the Commonwealth, we've been seeing. Have you been seeing the the weather beef between the meteorologists around the state the last couple of weeks? Yeah. (laughs) And then um, it appears maybe one of them had an embarrassing moment. On I the did air see. Yesterday. I did see that. I don't I know if that's that been. Moment. I don't know if that's been verified. But anyway, it's, I think. Um, it, I think somebody might have. You think so? You think it think was? It that's why been, I say I don't, I don't. I can't report that as fact, but it it did strike me as funny. I think we're having some uh, attacks from Lexington yeah, meteorologists. Yeah, to the and, then, meteorologists. and then Jackson. Then Jackson wanted to get like the Jackson uh-huh. National Weather Service office wanted to get in on it. But anyway, this, again, like with most thing, most things, if you don't know what you're talking about, please hush. Uh, but. Uh, Primarily ice this morning. Uh, not we had a ground covering of snow, but it like didn't a quarter ex- inch, maybe half an inch. I guess depending upon where you go. Um, I know I had to. I mean, I had a decent amount on my car this morning. I mean, a decent amount I use lightly. But here's one thing that happened that was last night. So we got a little bit of snow, and then it seemed like the rain moved through again, and it melted some of the snow that it was mm-hmm. accumulated, and then it snowed again. But it didn't snow enough that when the temperature dropped, then you just got ice, mm-hmm. uh, and that was the concerns on the roads. Uh, you know, black ice was uh, problematic, uh, and they, it was mornings like. And I was out early this morning, so I kind of. You can't see it until you're on it, and then it's too late. Mm-hmm. And so that's why well, you kind of like, have to uh, be our, careful. One Yukon Cornelius was complaining about the, the sidewalk being a little slicker earlier in the week, and it's much slicker today. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. you got to kind of take it slow. So. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't have to come out here today. He yeah. to protect his <laughs> little uh-huh. self. So. Yeah, so he didn't have to worry about coming up. I'm sure you would have heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> what are those snowshoes with the big claws? I will get him some of those. I would think a guy named Yukon Cornelius already has mm-hmm. those. You would think. But mm, he, he, he maybe is a snowflake. <laughs> he's more whiny than I am. <laughs> President Biden, uh, President Biden uh, celebrated his – celebrated? I don't know if that's the right word. <laughs> uh, commemorated his first year in office – with a one-hour, 55-minute press conference yesterday, which he rarely does for whatever reason. Uh, either they don't think it's important or they're trying to, you know, buffer uh, between he and, and the media. And he, he uh, you know, they asked him about several things, including he got a zinger from someone I'm reading that asked about whether uh, the vice president would remain on the ticket in 2024. Uh, was asked about uh, various things like Ukraine and Russia and voting rights and build back better and all those things. It's, I mean, 
he has to run out there, of course, and say this. This was the thing he said. Uh, it struck me as funny. It said, uh, "He said that they had done better than they were expected to do," which I thought was laughable. But you, you can honestly stand up there with a straight face and say that you all have exceeded expectations from a year ago when you took office. I mean, Afghanistan, COVID is, is, I mean, positivity is worse than it was. And I wouldn't necessarily blame the Biden administration directly for that. But I could, you know, inflation is at a record high for, uh, well, certainly a decade's high. But then to say you've exceeded expectations, like you cleared the bar easily, is just kind of laughable. And we're just a year in. Um, and, the other thing about the so inauguration was a year ago today. It's important to note that the the midterm election is not a year from now. It's just in November. And so if they don't do something quickly, they are going to get they being the Democrats are going to get trounced in November if the Biden administration can't figure out a way to rally and make Americans feel better, uh, whether it's all their fault or not. It's certainly not all their fault, but somebody has to get the blame. And so just, I, I just don't, I don't think most Americans would say that they have cleared the bar and exceeded expectations. But he's also not going to trot out there and go, well, we tried hard. You know, I, so I can't, I can't, I can't blame him. The, um, I can't blame him for walking out there with a brave face. That's what I can't I can't blame him for. The voting rights bill that they are trying to push forward um, did indeed, as predicted, fall apart in the Senate yesterday. Uh, had a couple of uh, Democratic senators, Kristen Sinema and, of course, Joe Manchin from West Virginia that uh, lined up on the uh, Republican side. Just they don't want to change the rules. They don't want to change the rules of the Senate. And uh, the rules are there for a reason, and they have been for uh, a long time, and that's the holdup. I feel like this picture here that we have from the AP is missing an opportunity for a meme of just him pointing towards whatever you could put on his on uh, his board. Yeah, it's yeah. like your board. His board's a little bit bigger than your board. Though. His board is a little more professional. Uh-huh. Uh, he doesn't scribble his out, uh-huh. you know, before he runs out there and says, "Maybe people will read." I this. think it would be better if he did. What I do like about his message, though, is so it says the United States has never been able to end debate with simple majority and so he's talking about changing the filibuster rules where just a simple majority then can suddenly and and that's a runaway uh it with i'll tell you this with democrats they they the democrats in the senate say they want this but if they allowed changing these filibuster rules the other way they would live to regret it a year from now when it swings back the other way and so you 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 really don't want this. You don't want it to be as simple as you're asking for it uh, asking for it to be. The other thing I would encourage, if you're a younger person and you don't understand the difference between a democracy and a constitutional republic, do a quick Google search on constitutional republic and what it means. And our nation, the United States of America, is a constitutional. Republic, and I understand that's problematic if you if there are things you want to do, but that's that's the way our nation is constructed, and it's different than just a simple democracy or you know the majority of the vote rules. So, uh, and when you have some time, read up on that and understand why things are a little more challenging than perhaps they appear to be. The United States begins offering a billion free COVID tests. But it is predicted that many more are needed. There's a new website where you can go and you can order them. Government rolls out a new website. What could go wrong, right? They always work perfectly when they roll them out. It's covidtest.gov. It allows people to order four at-home tests per household, regardless of uh, citizenship status, and have them delivered by mail. But the tests won't arrive for 7 to 12 days, maybe after this surge is gone. But nonetheless, it took. I did it. Took thirty seconds. Took thirty seconds. So, do you have it on the clock? Did you do it yesterday? No, I did it. Uh, I um, uh, the day before. Okay, so you did it two days ago. Uh-huh. So, will you report when you when they arrive? Yes. Will you let us know? Yes, okay, I, I, I will. We're on the on the um, clock. We but know. yeah, no, I felt. I mean, it, it literally legitimately took because my phone has the and we talked about this a little bit yesterday has the automatic 
a dress filler. Yeah. Yes. So I literally just Fill hit the away. button, mm-hmm. and that's all I had to do. One of my Apple devices is much better at that than the other yeah, one. Yeah, mine too. So I wish they would both be equally uh, good at that. Over 12,583 new COVID cases reported by the state government yesterday. I know you all reported yesterday you rolled over a million the day before. 25 new deaths were reported yesterday, and that positivity, 30.77%, which is just uh, hard to believe. The uh, We're going to talk with Josh Horton in just a few minutes uh, kind of give you some updated information on testing clinics, et cetera. But one of the things I'm going to talk to him about is it looks like New York has turned a corner on the Omicron surge. And so they were one of the first ones to experience the surge. So you can almost see where now you kind of line up like, like ducks, you know, so they'll, they'll get theirs out of the way. And then whoever was next after New York experiencing their surge. So we're hoping that We'll get back to a place that seems a little more normal and get that positivity down. I mean, it was just a, a couple. It was a week ago that it was one in every four people were testing positive. That were again one in every four that were taking tests. Okay, <laughs> and now we're closing in on a one in every three that are taking tests are showing to be positive. So that doesn't even scratch people that aren't being tested for whatever reason because they're either not symptomatic or mildly symptomatic or whatever it might be. So we got to get got to get beyond this. The governor did uh, veto the congressional redistricting map yesterday. Uh but the legislature will override the veto. He has not yet taken action on the senatorial, the Kentucky senatorial redistricting map those are those are two different things so he hasn't acted on that but one of the things you know that map still continues to to puzzle puzzle me i i know gop leadership will they'll they'll defend it and they'll say here's why it's good and da, 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 but you cannot you cannot argue this under the map someone driving from lexington to louisville would cross five of the state's six congressional districts but it would take over four hours to get from one side of the first district to the other. Like you, mm-hmm. you, you can't, you can't, you can't argue that um, because of the way that Congressman Guthrie's district goes into Eastern Jefferson County. Now the second jumps up there, so you got to go through Bar, then you got to go through Comer, then you got to go through Massey, and I mean, then you have to go through Guthrie to get to Yarmouth. Just think about if you lived in in Mayfield. Yeah. And your congressman lives in Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. It's not like he can even jump on a helicopter. I mean, a, which, a, a flight is would which, take him. Which, by the way, he already does. <laughs> exactly. Which I think, and I said about that last week, that I think it's yeah. a joke that you're um, I guess doing that just to help him out. Technically, they live in Tompkinsville, but uh, nonetheless. Even then, I don't think Tompkinsville should be the first district. Yeah, it's... Uh, it, it, it just, I, Bowling Green would make more sense in the first district than Tompkinsville. Congressman Guthrie not giving up Bowling I, oh, Green. I, I, I'm well aware of that, but I think it just shows that maybe we could make them tug of war for it or like thumb wrestle for it. You all Guthrie against you know, Coma. You all duke it out. I like both those guys. That would be uh, be hard to know who I would root for in that. The bourbon industry continues to grow and make um, big economic impact in Kentucky. Distillers employ more than 22,500 people with $1.23 billion in annual payroll in Kentucky. They t- I, I heard uh, they had a news conference yesterday, and uh, you know a lot of dignitaries were there on both sides of the political spectrum showing you, you know, the industry supported from a bipartisan standpoint. There were. Uh, Kentucky has 95 distilleries, 75 companies spread across 40 counties. The number of barrels in production, it was 10.3 million are aging in 10.3 million are aging in Kentucky. And the number of barrels filled each year is up 435% in the last 23 years. Wow. So, I mean, in, if you think about it, in the last quarter century, what a major change that has been for Kentucky, even if you just look at the tourism aspect, you know, just the number of people that come because of the number of distilleries that they can, they can tour. Uh, there is a deadline coming up. For uh, help following the Kentucky tornadoes from December, I mention it because Barron 
and Hart are included in those counties, along with Muhlenberg, Ohio, Warren, et cetera, uh, that uh, residents of the 16 counties may be eligible for grants from FEMA and low-interest disaster loans, and there is a deadline coming up, three more weeks to apply. So if you have friends and neighbors that need that information, pass it along. U.S. Army Corps of Engineers began incinerating more than 70,000 cubic yards of vegetative debris on Tuesday, so you know when world's tor- biggest bonfire. Yeah, I when guess. tornadoes come through, they pile all that stuff up, and they have to, you know, it can't sit there forever. So they have to do something with it. Makes you wonder it, regionally if you'll be able to tell that they're that they're burning all that. Man, that's stuff. That's a lot. That's a lot. So yeah. I, I would say they'll attempt to control it in some way, but. Um, I don't know how that works. I'm not that smart. They didn't consult me. That's why you call in the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers and you don't call Mark because they know <laughs> what they're doing and Mark does not. The number 12 Kentucky Wildcats withstood a um, big challenge from the Aggies at College Station last night. Made out with a 64-58 win. Wasn't pretty, but it counts, doesn't it, As Sam? As a wise man once said, it's better to win ugly than it is to lose pretty. Uh, Auburn throttled Georgia, so now Auburn yeah, and the Cats will play on Saturday. That will be a good test. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a tough place to play. Auburn is uh, pretty good. And then you don't often hear about a basketball game almost being rained out, but that nearly happened. Um, the Yum Center roof was leaking last night, oh, and it was dripping Right in the middle of the floor, and so it delayed the game for what hour and a half? Something well, like do you that. Know? Hour Something like that would minutes. be a problem. Uh, would be a problem. Rumor says that there was a tall, thin, bald man on, on top of the roof <laughs> who looked a lot like Terry Miners. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe Chris Mack punched a hole I, in the I roof. Did, I just said it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Cards won. They uh, they finally uh, ended their skid. They won sixty seven fifty four. How did they? Do you know how they solved this problem? I mean, that just doesn't seem... Uh, flex seal. <laughs> I saw somebody proposing that, but it doesn't seem like something that they could just suddenly... Magic, magic putty, right? Isn't that another one? Maybe they it just quit raining is the way that they solved the problem. But nonetheless, cards were winners last night, too. Got to get to a break. We'll come back. Josh Horton from the Grayson County Health Department. He's the public health director. We're going to have a conversation. Some of the very latest information you need coming right up here on In the Know. It's a ragged tent where there ain't no trees. And that guy today is Cheese Lovers Day. You I like cheese. I learned I something this morning that uh, when cheese is named for a city like Parmesan, it always is capitalized. Like you never have hmm. Parmesan cheese with a lowercase. <laughs> I do know there are certain meteorologists that like cutting it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still would like to have that verified. That's, you that, know, you know. They have to say something on that. Uh, it is also camcorder day today. People still have camcorders. I mean, I don't. No. no, camcorders have gone by the wayside. Yes, and then uh, National Disc Jockey Day today yeah, as yeah. well. So. Walk around. Just here, if if I can give you a tip on how to be a really cool disc jockey when you're at parties mingling, just walk around with people, giving them the time and the temperature. Just that's all you're gonna say. It's you know, mm-hmm. just say nine thirty two and eighteen degrees, and they'll think you're really serious. Josh Horton is the public health director of the Grayson County Health Department. He joins us by phone with the very latest. Good morning. Welcome back. Good morning, Mark. How are you and Christy and Sam? We're doing very, we're doing very, doing very well. Uh, cold morning and, uh, you you sound, you sound kind of cold. Are you cold, Josh? Just a little bit. I'm cold natured. Okay. I got it. Uh, the, this cold weather, this, um, this kind of ice and bitter cold has altered your plans for today. You had a clinic scheduled and now you don't. Is that right? Yeah, we um, actually uh, canceled our clinic. It'll be scheduled again for next Thursday, 9 to 11, 1 to 3 at the county library. We'll have the the booster doses, the first doses, the second doses, and typically we have all three vaccines. So um, no worries. We will get, get that rescheduled. I saw yesterday, or maybe it was the headline day before, some news out of New York that said, you know, they were one of the first to experience a major Omicron surge and they were starting to feel a little bit better about reduction in positivity. And with like a lot of things, it takes a while for that trend to make its way across the country. 
uh, out into the more rural portions. Uh, while we yet haven't turned the corner because our positivity keeps going up, are you able to look to other parts of the country like New York and maybe see an end to this surge in the coming days or weeks? I think that if we have not peaked yet, we are very close to peaking. So I think we hopefully, in theory, will start to see some relief within the next week or two. Typically, we're about a week or two behind what happens up north. Mm -hmm. So like you said, uh, you know, being in a rural area. So I would be very, very shocked if, if we don't peak and start turning the corner by the end of this month. I always like to get your input from because you and your you and your staff, your colleagues are out among people and you're listening to them. And I'm curious with this surge, with this positivity that's approaching one in every three tests, you know, we're over 30 percent, may hit 31 percent today. Uh, When you're at that point, are you seeing a different response from people? Are you seeing fatigue? What are you hearing from people when they're testing positive at alarming rates? Um, I think it's a mix. You know, we, we, we continue to see fatigue and, you know, we're fatigued. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was, I continue to just be blown away about healthcare workers on the front lines and how this cycle continues to go on and how exhausted, um, you know, they are. Um, but I think that the, the, the public as whole is fatigued as well. I do think there's a little bit less argumentative behavior. Uh, I think people are a little bit more um, re- receptive and tolerant when people talk about COVID because they've had pe- someone close to them at some point or they've known somebody um, that, that, that passed away with COVID. And now that we're seeing people die in their 30s and 40s and 50s, um, Sadly, you know, that's what I guess it, it, it took for some people. Um, but I, I don't feel, especially on social media, I don't feel the hostility um, we were having. There's still a few people who want to argue about it. Um, but overall, I do think the amount of cases, unfortunately, the amount of deaths um, have really stopped people in their tracks and make them reconsider. It, uh, there have been plenty of things that I've, uh, I've disagreed with the governor on. There have been plenty of things that I have agreed with the governor on. And one of the things that I, part of the calculus that I really could agree with a few weeks ago when he was talking about the the, the run or the surge on our, our health care system with this Omicron to say this is that while it might be three times as contagious, but not quite, maybe not as deadly, but if you've got three times the amount of positivity that you had, you'll still net down to the same surge on your healthcare system that you had before. And that's really where the problem is, not so much in the positivity, but the downstream burden on healthcare providers. Am I reading that correctly? You are correct. And I continue to tell people if we could ever figure a way to manage this disease to the point where it's not so um, threatening and burdensome to our healthcare system, that's when we will really turn the page. Um, so th- those are things we have to keep in mind. So you hit the nail on the head with that. So are we entering, I think maybe the last time we talked, I, I at least proposed a hypothesis that we're right on the doorstep of COVID-19 being treated like influenza or strain, very contagious strains of influenza, that it's almost normalized in the sense that we have vaccines now, we have tools in our toolbox to help combat against it, and then we're going to have therapeutics very soon. By the time we get to another surge, like when there will be some other variant that will come along, but do you think it will be similar to this? Do you think it will be, will we have more apathy towards it, how do you think our society will react? I think, you know, COVID is just a word um, that people are very used to. It's a reality um, that people are accepting more and more. Um, my theory is that it's not going to go away. Um, that was our hope when we first started um, dealing with this crisis, this uh, pandemic. But I think it is going to be a part of our everyday life. You know, it's going to be like the flu, as you said. The question is, when do we get there and, you know, how do we get there? And I think it's just we continue to use the resources available and no resource is perfect. You know, people want to argue about the vaccine. The vaccines are not perfect, but it is a tool uh, to help us get 
get to some level of normal. Uh, you know, contact tracing is a tool, social distancing when we have to, um, wearing a mask when we need to. All those things are tools. But as a society, we're, we're finally getting to the point where those, those tools are optional. You know, just like the, the flu vaccine, um, there are people who take the flu vaccine or people who do not take the flu vaccine. I'm for taking the vaccine, of course. I'm public health director. But I think we're getting to the point where people will be able to, for whatever reason, utilize whatever resources they choose to use. And at the same time, we can manage it. And hopefully our healthcare system um, can get back to some level of normal. Um, so I think that's where we're at, Mark. I pray that's where we're at. Um, I think we're heading in a direction for better days. Um, but, I, you know, I hate saying this because I've said it a million times. We're just not there yet. So. Spring and summer of 2020, when we were all saying, uh, we were all hoping and praying that this will go away. I think the this that we were going away was most likely the conditions, the lockdown, exactly. the isolation, the limitations, et cetera. As far, you know, there are plenty of diseases that we have, or there are, you know, plenty of other uh, things that we're dealing with from a healthcare perspective. So going away, probably not entirely going away, but our ability to manage it is different. Hey, I know you know on Monday, um, Ashley Harrington, the CEO of uh, Owensboro Health Twin Lakes, was here uh, to really drive an effort that I know you're part of, which is that uh, community health assessment that's done every three years. I I asked you about listening to people and what they're telling you. My guess is the last time this was performed was pre-pandemic. When it gets performed this time, obviously, we're on the backside of a pandemic. Are you anxious to find out what that assessment tells you as a healthcare professional? I think that any type of crisis like we've experienced, um, experienced in the, in, you know, in the last two years, is going to reveal some areas of strength and areas of weakness um, in any healthcare um, infrastructure. So um, I think we will see a difference in the data. I think um, we'll have new areas that we need to focus on as a community. Some areas we're not going to be surprised about because it's all around us. And, and we know like substance abuse, um, poverty, um, access to health care, uh, hunger, things like that. Um, but I think overall healthcare infrastructure, how we function um, as, as healthcare is going to have to evolve and change. Um, unfortunately, and, and I'm not talking about Grayson County specifically, but Healthcare as a whole has kind of lagged over the past few years as, as things evolve and change, and we, and we we got some catching up to do. I think that that's been evident with how we track the variants of this disease and how far we're behind the curve compared to other countries. Sure. So I, I think that's going to show, um, you know, some key areas that we need to work on. What's the most pressing thing before you go today? What's the most pressing thing we need to know about? We talked about a clinic being rescheduled. Uh, you want to talk about testing before you go? Well, there's three quick things here, and I'll go as quick as I can. Okay. Um, the first thing is I have numbers for you, and I haven't even posted these on social media. Ooh, hot take. Um, we got a hot take. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So um, the total uh, COVID cases since um, all this began in March of 2020, 6,423. Um, that's about 25% of the population in Grayson County. As far as recorded cases, that doesn't, of course, include home tests now that are out in the market that people are not reporting and those who've been asymptomatic or had symptoms and just didn't get tested. Um, deaths, we've reached 116, and um, out of those, 112 are verified, so we're waiting for four more. Uh, isolated and active, I did con contact our contact – well, that's a double word. I talked with our contact tracing supervisor – and uh, confirmed that this is the highest number it's ever hit, 606 um, people who are actively ill um, with the virus and have tested positive. No. Um, new since the last update, which was just in 48 hours, we've had 268 people uh, hospitalized, 15, recovered, released, 5,705. So we're definitely trending up very quickly, and I think this is where we're getting to the peak. Um now, with that being said, contact or uh, I'm sorry, testing is happening today over at the fairgrounds. They're out there from eight to four. So if you're needing a COVID test, you can go to the fairgrounds today. The weather has not not canceled that. Um, uh, if you need any inform more information about the virus, you can always go to our website myhealthdepartment.org. 
Uh, the last thing I will talk about very quickly is our community impact report, Mark. We're going to be uh, releasing that in mid-February, right in time for Valentine's Day. Um, it's going to show exactly all the services and things that we were able to achieve in 2021 as a department. It's going to show people just how important local health departments are to their community. So I look forward releasing that to the community and hopefully you guys will have me back on where i can share that with the public you took the words right out of my mouth i was gonna say i hope you'll come back and talk about that as soon as it's released i sure will all right thank you so much josh pleasure to speak with you as always keep up the good work that josh horton the public health director of the grayson county health department gotta get to a break we'll come back more on the way here on in the know You know, there was no punctuation until the 15th century. No punctuation until the 1400s. I don't know where in the 1400s because that's, um, you know, broad 100 years or so. So I I just don't, you know. And who invented it? Um, Well. I mean, but it is so important for for some of you that uh, still write on on Facebook. You still don't use it. So. <laughs> Dewey Dewey Decimal. If I mean he's got the decimal in his name, so no, I don't I don't know the answer to that. Um, so mind is about to be blown. Oh dear! Listen, I'm already tired. Okay, you are. So, yeah. Well, I mean we've both been up. Well, I was going to give you well, – had a couple of things. I may get back to this Wordle story. If you're, if you're in on the Wordle thing, you might need some tips and tricks, and I have them. I also have an important story about hot sauce that I'll try and circle back to. But the the mind-blowing is going to come out of the fact that they did the math recently and have figured out that the reboot of Sex and the City, which is – and just like that – Mm-hmm. The ages of Carrie, Miranda, and Charlotte are also the ages of Dorothy, Blanche, and Rose in the first season of Golden Girls. No. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mind blown. <laughs> no, seriously. Isn't that crazy? It is super crazy. But even in the first season of Golden Girls, they seemed so old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And apparently they were only 54, 55, 56 in that range. Now, obviously, Rue McClanahan was older because she was Ma. Mm-hmm. But well, can you believe that? We didn't do it as well back then. I mean. Well, I'm just thinking, imagine how much middle age has changed Yeah, since the mid to late 80s that. You've got Carrie Bradshaw, and you've got Miranda, and you've got Charlotte, and they could be, like, they could go out to lunch with Blanche and Rose and Dorothy, and they would have all kinds of things in common to talk about. I just refuse to believe it. Oh, no. Not in common to talk about. No. Are you sure? Oh, I'm certain. I mean, I I had an episode of the Golden Girls on the other day. And you walk through, like, I haven't watched it. I never watched the series. But the subject matter of that particular episode seemed very much like something that you might experience. Well, I have a feeling it was Blanche that was. (laughs) Maybe. But I'm just saying, isn't it weird, your perspective, how suddenly you grow older with those characters from Sex and the City, and they they drop you off at Golden Girls-dom. Well, And just like that. just like that. I, I feel a little bit old, <laughs> but also a little bit younger. It's no, like, okay. they can do that in their 50s. It's true. Yeah. I'm in my 40s. I'm like, okay. Yellow Jackets is now the second most streamed Showtime series of all time. So good. Uh, so uh, Today was the first time I ever heard of this. So I've heard of it before, but I thought maybe it was about insects. And it's about women who wear yellow jackets. Is that true? No. Well, hmm. As a varsity jacket. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I have no idea what this is about. This but is just a so yellow good. jacket, not a yellow jacket. Okay. I see what well, you're Well, it's now. named Yellow Jackets. Well, one yeah, word. but that's the team. See, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Yellow Jackets is the team. Oh. Right. 
Right. Oh, okay. so they're the Yellow Jackets. Okay, so it's the so second bees, second okay. most streamed series. No, Yellow Jackets are not Hornets. bees. They're they're they're, they're not, Yellow they're Jackets. They're not bees, mm-hmm. and they're not Yellow Jackets are closer to Hornets mm-hmm. than they are to bees, but maybe wasps, mm-hmm. or as we learned, waspers four months ago. Anyway, what so these are soccer cut. players, and that's the team. Okay. That's their team name. All right, so they're right behind Dexter New Blood, but I'm they're the second. Good. I need to. I need to watch that. Yellow I've jackets. Watched both. I don't have time. I don't have time to get to all the stuff that I do that I have access to now. So I don't. I don't know how I'm going to work that in. Um, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack are taking Silk Sonic to Las Vegas for a residency. Um, and right on cue, their last show, April 2nd. So, right before you get there. Uh, both right? Adele, Katy Perry, and now Bruno Mars are all ending their residencies right before well, we I'm sure we you go. heard the news, though, that we talked about yesterday that Katy Perry's going to be on SNL in a couple weeks. I did. And so, yeah, uh, with uh, Willem Dafoe, Willem Dafoe mm-hmm. which is, an I thought, an odd choice. But He's yeah, in the new Spider-Man. She's got a new single out, and she's got her residency. And I thought, wow. I mean, think of that. What a trio. Bruno Mars, who we've seen a couple of times, Katy Perry, who I want to see, Adele, who I really, really want to see, all have residencies, but they're all packing up shop and heading home before we get there, like three weeks before we get there. So I'm thinking, mm-hmm. maybe did, we what, should change our plans. What did I do to insult them? You want, you want to change our anniversary? Well, no, really, but. <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to share a secret with you, but I'm not going to. we got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got more on the way. Hang around here on In the Know. MB's Point of Ponder for today. What type of memes are people making out of the Joe Manchin senatorial sign well yesterday are people are people memeing supposedly Sam? they are okay. and uh, this is one Yukon Cornelius no oh, oh we got a got a Joe Manchin meme from so I gotta start off with the original right Yukon. okay yeah yeah the, so the original States you know it says never, what never whatever to end debate with simple majority. and this is mm-hmm. what the meme that one Yukon Cornelius has come up with okay Never leave ice on your sidewalk. Uh, (laughs) Well, to be clear, there was no ice on the sidewalk on Tuesday. There could have been snow, but there was there was no ice. I mean, I I give him props. His his Photoshop work is is solid. He didn't do that. He Uh outsourced it to Joey. Joey's the brains of the operation. This is true. This is true. Yes. So they have a tag team effort then. (laughs) Probably. <laughs> they're huddling somewhere, snickering uh-huh. is uh, is what they're what they're doing. Um, good, good job on yeah, me. Yeah, well done. Uh, what is the most popular hot sauce brand in your state? In your state? Yep. Well, I think just period Tabasco. <laughs> you think so? You just think the straight up Tabasco is the favorite? Well, that's what I'm going with. Frank's Red Hot. Okay. Frank's Red Hot is the most popular in Kentucky. Um, Texas Pete in the Carolinas. See, I would have almost thought Texas Pete would have been. I would have thought Texas Pete would have been doing a little better Mm -hmm. in the southeast United States. I like Texas Pete. And um, you've got uh, Mississippi. It's the original Louisiana. But but not even Louisiana likes original Louisiana the best. Mississippi. But look how much sriracha has taken over. That's what the Okay, country. I was trying to look earlier what the green was. Yeah, I, so I, sriracha is um I mean, I don't dislike sriracha, but it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite. I thought it was like specialty hot sauce. <laughs> Uh, and by the way, I did get clued in early, over the weekend. Miss Buckles over there, she said, "I'm not sure about, about that sriracha that's mm-hmm. in the that's in the uh, refrigerator." Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought to myself, "Hot sauce doesn't go bad; it's just fine." 
Uh, but then I went and looked at the Sriracha, and it said Best Buy 2014. <laughs> and so I said, well, probably, probably need to move on. Are you from for the, real? Yes, I'm for real. It said 2014. Oh, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> and if you calculate, <laughs> if you yes, calculate, no, if you calculate when we first used Sriracha, and you can you can t- tie it, it back probably to had a, a two year. It was probably two years from when you bought it. Well, you can tie it back to a Super Bowl appearance. I think it's when the 49ers were in the... Maybe it was the Ravens? 2014, maybe it's 2015, I don't know. But I think 2012. That is so embarrassing. Anyway, but I will tell you, coming from the outside, for me, Sweet Baby Ray's is coming on strong on preferred brand of sauces. Whether it's buffalo or hot or whatever. Barbecue. Sweet Baby Ray's is not nationally on this list anywhere, but I think it's pretty good. Can't be a Montgomery Inn barbecue sauce. That's true. Montgomery Inn barbecue sauce is the. You got your bottle ready? As far as I'm concerned, is the. For a couple Sundays away? Tell you what, Sam. Here's what I'll do I'll go ahead and buy the Montgomery Inn so that it'll put a jinx on them and they won't get there. So if why, I were why you, you, why would you do that? You better wait until why after the conference that? championship to ask me to buy the Montgomery. Why Inn. would you do that? I, that's what I'm that telling jinx? you. No. Out of respect to you, I would not dare buy Montgomery Listen. Inn prior to we Listen. knowing that they're in the Super Bowl. It, it can happen. It's as close as they've ever been in my lifetime. I didn't say that it won't happen, but all it takes is I mean, for tight, me. Titans aren't worth anything. Either, all right? it takes is for me to buy Montgomery and barbecue sauce before the conference championship game, and that will end the run of the Bengals. No, do you know? Do I'm you just know, misty. Do you, I'm know, just when, do you know when the Steelers are playing this weekend, though? I don't, who do you think you're throwing shade at when oh, you do I know. that? She doesn't care. I know she doesn't, but no, really? I, I appreciate it as a Bengal fan because for once in my life, I can actually talk smack and back it up. <laughs> well, you probably aspire to throw talk more smack than to Steelers fans. Oh, listen, I've heard it so much from them over the years. ABC season one finale of Women of the Movement tonight, and then on Fox, Joe Millionaire for Richer or Poorer. Sounds really riveting. Well, we talked about yesterday on PBS or something. There was animals with cameras on or something. Huh. That sounds know. like something that. Got to be better than that. Sounds mm-hmm. like something my girls have been watching on mm-hmm. Disney Plus. Y'all Great been story. watching all kinds of. Uh, Planet. They're really good. Yeah. yeah. About animals. Uh, t- today's highlight in history: This date, nineteen forty-two, Nazi officials held the notorious Wannsee Conference. I don't know how notorious it is because I don't recall ever hearing of it. I'm sure it was significant. I just don't know it by name. In 1265, England's first representative parliament met for the first time. I think George Clinton was there. Hmm. Uh, In 1961, John F. Kennedy was inaugurated as the 35th president of the United States. Capitol Records released the album Meet the Beatles this date in 1964. Dennis, George Clinton was the lead singer for parliament, or what went on to be known as P-Funk. So... Because I, I just know that Dennis was sitting there going, George Clinton, why would he have mm-hmm. been in Parliament? Well, that's why. In 2009, Barack Obama was sworn in as the nation's 44th president. Five years ago today, Donald Trump was sworn in as the 45th president. And one year ago today, Joe Biden was sworn in as the 46th president. Buzz Aldrin is 92. Paul Stanley from KISS is 70. Bill Maher is 66. Lorenzo Lamas is 64. John Michael Montgomery, fellow Kentuckian, is 57. Rain Wilson is 56. You should celebrate by having lunch at Shroot Farms, Sam. Dwight. Have some, some beets. Have some lunch. Yep. Have some beets at Shroot Farms to celebrate. Melissa Rivers is 54. Edwin McCain is 52. Quest Love from The Roots is 51. Nikki Haley is 50. Brantley Gilbert is 37 today. Gone but not forgotten. George Burns in 1896. Aristotle Onassis in 1906. Fireball Roberts in 1929. Who is that? He's a NASCAR driver. And that's the only reason. He was the Daytona 500 winner in 1962. He died July 2nd, 1964 from injuries in the World 600. Fireball Roberts. That's a great name. NASCAR's got some, there's some really good NASCAR driver names. Absolutely. Oh, good. Richie Valens, number one. This date, 1959. Not allowed to say anything negative about Richie Valens. 
did it once, and then my knuckles got wrapped. Mm. <laughs> By whom? My uncle Hub. Mm. Yeah, he'll get you. He told, me, told me not to make fun of Richie Valens. Aretha Franklin, number one, Chain of Fools, this date in 1968. Let's go to 1977, Rose Royce and Car Wash. Shark Tales or it something? It is. Shark Tales. Christina Aguilera. <clears throat> and in fact, I don't have time to tell this story, but I have a video of being in the car wash while Christina Aguilera car wash is playing. And the reason I started recording it is because I hit random on my iPod in my vehicle at that time, and it landed on that song while I was in the car wash. And I was like, well, this is crazy. So I recorded it. It's a good story. I think you have seen it. I think I sent it to you. It came from my Blackberry. Oh, Oh, dear. That's from a few days ago. Yes, it has. Did you have to whip it off your uh, your holster on the side? Yep, sure did. Yeah, he had like a little leather holder thing. Dan Seals, Bop, number one in, is this 85? Oh, wait, I have it right here in front of me, 86. Nineteen ninety five. Bon Jovi number one with always. always Milkshake number one in two thousand four. <laughs> Sorry, Sam, I know it's your favorite song. Brianna number one with diamonds eight years ago today. All right, MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. MB's Pearl of Wisdom says, life is the art of drawing without an eraser. Life is the art of drawing without an eraser. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Remember, God loves you, and I do too. If you don't know Jesus, let me know, and I'll introduce you. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. For Sam Gormley, for B, I'm MB, and now you're in the know.